Before I dive into my message, I want to give you a bit of a background of my background. So I'm Nigerian. I'm not Ghanaian. I'm Nigerian. Right? I'm not Jamaican. I'm Nigerian. Um, and when I was young, I used to go to Nigeria a lot. And we had a trip, my first trip, which was, which was six weeks long, so long. And we, we live in a village, a very like village area. So we get to Lagos and we take a car trip, which I'm, I'm sure it, take, it took days. And we finally get to the village. So when we're in the village, my mom says, guard your stomach. Back then I had stomach issues, right? I was very particular with certain foods. So we went to the village one day and we see this young girl. She must have been about 11 years old. She was carrying a tray on her head. And she was shouting out this, this statement, pure water. That's the best way I can describe it. And she was shouting out, pure water, pure water. And I was so thirsty. So I said to my mom, mom, can I have some of that pure water? It's pure. <laughs> my mom looked at me. Now, the look she gave me was a look, don't, but you're going to fill. So I said, yes. Can I have the money? She said, yes, take the money. I got the pouch. It wasn't even in a cup, guys. It was in a plastic bag. It was a clear yes. The Nigerians say yes. Mm -hmm. He's right. It was in a plastic bag. I thought it was normal in Nigeria to have some pieces in the water. It's not normal. It should be clear. Shouldn't be cloudy. I was young. The picture behind me, if we could just bring it back up. The water to the, my right, it didn't look like that. It wasn't that bad. But there was sediments in my water. I can tell you, I didn't eat for four days after drinking something that looked slightly similar to that. And my mom looked at me and she said, what did I tell you? She said, God, your stomach. You didn't want to listen, so now you have to feel. <sighs> I struggled. So when I was preparing this message, that thought came to my mind. Guard your stomach, Andrew. Let's flow into the message. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Guard your heart with all diligence. For from it flow the issues of life. Yeah. Now, it's very easy to look at that, the English that we use, you, you, you think the word issues here means issues, challenges. It's not talking about that. It's just talking about really a, a flow. Yes. But how interesting that what is in your heart will affect and charter the course of your life so that means in your heart already is programming, decisions, pursuits that are waiting for an opportunity to reveal themselves. What is in your heart is so key. And today's message is to tell you all that we are in control of what goes in. 
And by setting the tempo and what comes into our hearts will affect what comes out. Your heart is simply waiting for the opportunity to reveal what is in it. So the question is, what is in it? When I was in university, I studied IT, believe it or not. And we've done programming. Now, programming is very interesting. I could use different examples, but I'll use this one. You can program um, a particular piece of software and hardware in order for this hardware, when it picks up light, it will make a sound. So if there's no light, no sound. If there is light, there is a sound. That's the programming of the mechanism. What's really interesting is the programming of a person we often see as a mentality or an attitude. It can be changed. It can be reprogrammed. And the Bible often calls that reprogramming the renewing of the mind. Luke 6 verse 45 says this, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of this evil treasure, out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Matthew 15, 18 to 19. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these things defile a man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, list goes on. So before we go any further, let's identify what are the questions that have to be answered. I want everyone to leave this place believing I've received something from the Lord today, amen? Question one, what happens when people do not guard their hearts? Question two, does God care about the heart? Question three, what is a pure heart and how do you go about getting one? I want to look at the parable of the sower. Everyone who knows it. And it talks about the ground, the ground. The issue was never the seed. The seed was incorruptible. It was perfect. The issue was the ground. Depending on the ground would affect the outcome of what came out, what grew, if at all. I pondered on this for a great while. And I thought to myself, if the seed, which is God's word, has the capacity when received by you to bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold in your life, then what is this ground? What is this soil that I need to come to terms with? How can I make sure my, my, the ground of my heart isn't hard? How can I make sure that the ground of my heart isn't full of weeds? How can I make sure the ground of my heart has depth so the roots can grow? And I pondered this for ages. And the Lord took me to Hosea 10 verse 12. Hosea 10 verse 12, I am confident is the verse connected to the parable of the sower. It says this, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love. Listen to this. Break up your fallow grounds, hard ground. 
For it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. You have plowed iniquity, you have reaped injustice. You have eaten the fruit of lies, but you have trusted in your own way and in the multitude of your warriors. So check this out. In verse 12, it's talking about this. The ground of your heart. The ground of your heart can be affected, how? By seeking God. If you want the seed of God's word to bear fruit in your life, Hosea 10, 12 says this, seek God. As you seek God, what will happen is that the ground of your heart starts to change. It becomes more fertile. And as it becomes fertile, the Bible calls that fertile ground good ground. When your heart receives the word of God from my mouth, from Pastor Mark's mouth, from Pastor Claudette's, from Pastor Scott's mouth, from your cell leader's mouth, from you simply reading your Bible for yourself, when your heart is primed and ready to receive the seeds, you better rejoice because something's going to happen and it's going to be very good in your life. So then the question must be then, if this is true, what's stopping me? What's stopping me? What has affected my heart? How can it be changed? When we don't cultivate the ground of our hearts, when we don't guard our hearts, the Bible is full of people who didn't guard their heart. Judas. Let's talk about Judas for a second. I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question to everyone. Just shout out. If Judas repented, yeah, after he betrayed Jesus Christ and accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, would he have gone to heaven? Hands up if you say no. Everyone's too scared. Good. He would have went to heaven. The Bible says that he was full of remorse, but that remorse didn't produce repentance. So check this out. His heart was in a bad way because of what he'd done. Instead of seeking the Lord, seeking mercy, seeking forgiveness, the remorse actually led him to commit suicide. His heart wasn't right. It's really funny. We talk about Judas the betrayer, but we we often forget about the other one who betrayed Jesus. Peter betrayed Jesus as well. But his remorse didn't stop stop there. He seeked the Lord. His heart remained open for what? For the mercy of God. Peter's story goes on. We can read 1 Peter, 2 Peter. This apostle done mighty things. Pause. It doesn't matter where you are. If you feel that you've betrayed Jesus your calling, your walk. Stop beating yourself up. Shall I tell you why? 
Because that beating up you sh- you're trying to do to yourself, the father has already beaten the son. You've been forgiven already. Mercy is available. Love is available. Freedom's available. Amen. We guard our hearts by seeking God and encountering him. It's not enough just to read your Bible. Reading your Bible's beautiful. But you have to encounter the God who inspired that word. When you encounter God at church, when you encounter God in your devotional time, when you encounter God, what happens is that he produces or he puts in or he um, brings about a strength in you that wasn't of you. And now you begin to say and do things that you couldn't have done by yourself. I encourage each and every one of you to trust that Jesus is good. Don't just believe it. Believing it is very generous, easy. I believe Jesus is good, yeah. But let me tell you all this. When you trust, trust makes it personal. Believing is very general. Trust makes it personal. Everyone inside this room has been called to a particular challenge. In the face of what you're going through, in the face of what you have, been, what you have gone through and what has been said to you, will you trust what God is saying to you? Tomorrow morning, the same challenge is going to be there. Tuesday, same challenge. Wednesday, same challenge. So you have to ask yourself, what am I delaying it for? Pastor Andrew, uh, you don't understand, but my, my heart has been hardened. Something too bad happened. Shall I tell you something? I don't know what happened. I don't. But I can tell you one thing. What God done through his son is better. Right now in the spirit, I'm believing there's healing flowing. I believe the spirit of the Lord is bringing your mind to remembrance the hurts that you've been trying to sweep under the carpet. And he's revealing it to you. And for once, you're not scared to look at it. Why? Because you know Jesus is by your side. He's giving you the strength to look at what has happened and be able to call yourself an overcomer and step over it. And I tell you this, as I flow in the prophetic even more, when you do walk in your freedom, you'll find out just how much of a blessing he's called you to be. And sometimes that blessing looks like preaching on a platform. Sometimes that blessing isn't seen but it's still a blessing. We've been called to be a blessing to all these people. So I encourage you, if your heart has been affected, if it's hardened, I encourage you right now, 
Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Connect to him. And when you connect to him, that grace will be downloaded in you. Then you'll be able to do amazing things. Amen. Does God care about the heart? Oh, I love this bit. Are you ready? 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. Pause. I know there's some people who've probably never read this. In context, he's talking about King Saul here. King Saul was a tall guy, apparently extremely handsome. And Samuel here is saying, listen, don't look. The Lord is saying to Samuel, don't look at what you physically see. Context. Okay, let me continue. This is the Lord still speaking to Samuel. Samuel's a prophet. Because I have rejected him, King Saul, for the Lord sees not as a man sees, but looks on the, um, um, a man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. 1 Samuel 13, 14. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So this is now Samuel taking that message to King Saul. And he's talking prophetically about King David, who us Bible readers have come to find out King David was known as a man after God's own heart. I'm going to put these verses together for you. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Hold on. The end of verse 14, 1 Samuel 13, says, you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So your ability to walk in the commandments is, is proof that you love God. But if you love God, it's proof you've received God's love for you. So in order to keep the commandments in short, you have to be in love with God. Imagine that. All God wants is your love. And the hilarious thing is, he gives you his love for you to love him back with. <laughs> so to the question, does God care about the heart? Yes, he does. The pure heart will do his will. I'm taking that from Acts 13, 22. A man after my heart will, who will do all my will. Anyone who wants to truly guard their heart pursue, pursues a pure heart. That's worth writing down. If you want to guard your heart, it's not about not talking to a particular person. It's not about hiding in your room. It's not about coming to church and closing your ears just in case someone says something you don't like. That's not guarding your heart. Shall I tell you the location where guarding your heart really takes place? Psalms 91. To truly guard your heart, you have to remain, abide in the secret place of the Almighty. 
Until that's real to you, this is all just theory. There is a reality that God wants you to walk in, which is his reality, not yours. And when you walk in his reality, there's alignment. Anyone who walks in alignment has a pure heart. So what is a pure heart precisely? I would say a pure heart is more than an innocent one. What I mean by that is because those who believe in Jesus Christ, we've been justified. So in short, what that means is you're innocent. All the, I can, let's just talk about the gospel for a second. Imagine this. All the things you have ever done and all the um, bad things you ever will do has been forgiven. The Bible says, because of the blood of Jesus, you have been justified. You've been declared innocent, even though you did it. I, I, I find it hard not to smile when I read my Bible sometimes. <laughs> so what's really amazing is a pure heart is more than just an innocent one. Should I tell you why? Because those who are believers amongst us, I'm still confident that you don't feel so innocent right now. You don't feel so pure right now. You're probably thinking to yourself, I don't know how this guy can look at me if he knew what I'd done last week. My goodness. If, they were, if church members were around when they heard me, if they heard me respond to my work colleague, what would they have thought? If my child came and told Pastor Andrew what I said to him last week, ah, Pastor Andrew will never look at me again. You see that voice that you seem to be responding to? That's not God. If you have a thought that comes to your mind that doesn't remind you of your righteousness, your innocence, God's love for you, chances are it's not God. What I see in the spirit is there was hard ground. Maybe it's what you said. Maybe it's what you've done. Maybe you've gone through an abortion. Maybe I'm talking to someone who's gone through an abortion. And you're thinking to yourself, how could he forgive me? What I've done is too much. It's too bad. How could he forgive me? Let me tell you all this. What you've done, he saw 2,000 years ago. All that you ever will do, even the sins of tomorrow, <laughs> he's forgiven. So if he's forgiven, why are you holding on to it? Does God forgive so you continue to walk with the mindset that led you to sin in the first place? No. The whole purpose of his forgiveness is so you can receive it and most importantly, receive his love. His love is your freedom that takes your mind, your mentality, your perspective outside of how you were operating into newness of life. Now you start to walk in the reality of who he's called you to be. So a pure heart is more than an innocent one. A pure heart is filled with the glory of God. It is a heart 
that worships God alone. Jesus said, there'll be a time when uh, those who worship my father will worship him in spirit and in truth. A pure heart, someone walking with a pure heart is someone who is worshiping God in spirit and in truth. How do you get a pure heart? One, you must be born again. You must believe in Jesus Christ, in the finished work of the cross, in the resurrection. You have to believe. Two, how do I apply it? Seek God. Spend time with him. Confess your sins. Thank God for the finished work of the cross. Praise him. Thank him. Worship him. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, your conscience, when affected by sin, affects not how God looks at you. It affects how you look at God. It affects how you look at yourself. But how good... God is, because his word says, if we simply confess these sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How? By the blood of Jesus. So that's how you can walk with a pure heart. What are the benefits of a pure heart? Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. John 17, 3. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is more than just living forever. It is living with the quality, the standard of God's life. When you live with like that, you know God. You're getting to know God, and God is being known through you. Eternal life. So these are the benefits of walking with a pure heart. A pure heart sees God's hands and God's ways in their life. A pure heart is a daily pursuit of God. A pure heart sees who, listen, a pure heart sees who God is correctly. A pure heart will speak good things. A pure heart sees God in all things. A pure heart sees through God's perspective. A pure heart worships God alone. When you see God's hands in things, you'll stop saying, oh, that was a coincidence. You will now correctly define it as, come and see what God done. Hallelujah. Let me tell you a story. I'll give you a testimony. This is a fresh testimony. It happened three days ago, Thursday. If you just want to put the, the picture up. I left KT. I left Summit House in Hangar Lane. And I was walking. I was walking to the train station. And I started writing. The Lord just put all these amazing things in my mind. And I thought to myself, what is this for? I was just, I was typing on my phone. I couldn't stop. I get to KT. I had to hand someone an iPad. When I get to KT, I see a few of the guys here. I see some of the ops. I see Charles. I see um, Peter. I see all these different people. 
I give him the iPad and I go back into that office right behind you. I sit down there and I'm still writing. Charles comes back and he says, Andrew, I want you to pray for someone at the front. And I said, no, no, I can't right now. I'm too busy. When Charles left that room, I heard the Lord say, what you're writing is for the person you need to pray for anyway. I came out of the room. I came to the front. I prayed. I released the words. This young man looked at me as if, wow, how? This is exactly what I want to hear. This young man's one of my good friends in Nevada. He's a good guy. I left and I realized if it wasn't for the time I spent with the Lord in a couple of days before, would I have heard and seen and been used? I don't know. But I would like to think because I guarded my heart and I was walking with a certain sense of purity in that day, I was a blessing. And God's name was glorified. So I encourage you all. Guard your heart. Because out of it is the issues of life. I pray that what flows out of your heart is a blessing to your friends, your families, to strangers, to the world. This we pray in Jesus' name.